The Season 3 episodes for Freelance Creative Exchange are recorded on audio technical microphones. Click on the show notes below to find out more. Hi everyone, this is Jace. And I'm Yan Ling. Welcome to another episode of the Freelance Creative Exchange, where every episode we talk about the key economy as well as the freelance economy. And today we have another special guest with us, Nicholas. Hi. So some of you might be very familiar with Nicholas. Um, actually, in in fact, mm. uh, Jace and Fanny themselves have been on Nicholas' own Facebook live stream, where he also talks about the creative industry as well as the um, uh, what's happening right now. Right. Yeah, I think I'm trying to do about twice a week. Very regular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for those of y'all don't know who Nicholas Chi is, right? So he's actually a very famous and popular figure nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicholas is a, a award-winning film director, right? A producer, consultant for film and media projects. So he's also currently the festival co-director for um, Sea Shots Film Festivals, which is a short film festival focusing on Southeast Asia short films based in Malaysia. So maybe without further ado, let me get Nicholas to introduce a bit about himself. Okay. Hi. Um, thank you for watching this. Um, it's very strange for me to do this as a guest <laughs> because I've been doing the stream as a host. Right. So um, I think my background actually started from, I mean professional background, started mm. for, uh, as a photographer. I actually mm. studied photography um, and I, um, well, I studied in, Tomasi Poly mm-hmm. School of Design, I, a visual comm course, and I majored in photography. So my background is actually more photography based. But prior to that, I've always been interested in music. So I have um, played music um, since I was about 16, played mm-hmm. guitar, and uh, I got bored with photography. Mm-hmm. Started to think about what I want to do next. And so, of course, you take visuals and you take music, and then the next natural progression was film. And right. But the difference is, I, I, I'm probably the one of the people in the industry that hasn't gone to film school. Mm. So I really came from a mm. TV junkie, watching as a consumer. So um, my perspective in terms of um, film and cinema is also quite different. It's always closer to the, the general audience taste. Mm. So that led me to um, think about audience perspective and I think one thing led to the other we started cinema.sg and started cinema mm. old school which is a community theatre mm. back in 2007 and our focus was the quite the reverse of substation or the other film um, community entities or yeah. venues mm. is we are more focused on audience and audience education Right. so it has been that and then oh, it's been so many years and now we are doing film related projects like mm. I created since 65 for Nexus mm. created mm. the National Youth Film Awards uh, mm. for Escape mm. and um, yeah so that's a brief snapshot of wow. the journey Wow and currently um, we understand that you also created a very active uh, Facebook group right um, based on COVID-19 of course right um, but maybe let us uh, share with our audience what are some of the motivation behind creating the Facebook group in the first place right um, and where do you see this group moving forward okay so um, the Facebook group that um, Jace has mentioned is uh, called the SG COVID Creative and Cultural Professional Support Group I think mm-hmm. it's 
God, I think I missed out a few words. But in short, if you want to search for it, you can search for uh, SG COVID-19 CC. Don't and worry, we'll put the, we'll put the, yeah. the link yeah. in all the descriptions. And um, the reason why it was started was because I actually posted a Facebook post on my page. Mm. Um, that was somewhere in late January when, mm. when things was going a bit um, serious in, in Wuhan, China. Mm. And I, I did foresee that uh, it's going to come spill over to, uh, I mean, or at least spill over outside of China. So mm. I was concerned about um, the situation and um, we had like some jobs that were postponed because the cases are starting to emerge in Singapore. Mm. So mm. I posted about how um, for my friends who are working in the civil service, mm. um, please help us, the ones who are outside. Mm. Uh, to the effect that saying that it's nice and it's nice and warm and cozy mm. where you are because the impact that they will receive is actually uh, not great definitely yeah. but mm, at the yeah. same time because we're all connected mm. and especially those who are in stat boards like IMDA who can who are interfacing with us in the industry so closely mm. uh, do do react a little bit quicker and, and talk about discuss and how that might impact our industry mm. if if um, the worst case scenario happens, which mm. unfortunately it has happened today. Yeah. So my friend wanted to share that post, and I, because she she found out that her friends got her events um, cancelled, and those mm. freelance photographers, yeah. events people, they are hit the the fastest because that's yeah, public facing yeah. immediate. immediate. Yeah. So I thought, okay, why don't we just start a group so that we can just chat and share? So mm. never intended to be. A public group like that, so but one thing led to 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 the other. It just exploded, and then we have like three thousand, three hundred people today. Yeah. It's growing really yeah. fast. Yeah. Speaking yeah. so, yeah, of one thing leads to another. Your the name of the group itself has changed a couple of times as well, right? Yeah, it's changed uh, once actually because before before the name was uh, COVID nineteen, it was uh, mm. yeah. Coronavirus <coughs> or something. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it does also like I think it's very interesting, and I it, you mentioned it briefly to us before you uh, we started the podcast was you um, there's that emphasis of creative slash cultural. Yes, you mm. know it's not just creative. You know we we just sort of lump it all together. But can you can you um, just go into more detail about why you put that word cultural there as well? Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I mean, being in the industry for. A while now, you you realize that there's a lot of fragmentation. Yeah, uh, this is this is pertaining to us, and the, the fragmentation in our, our our landscape in terms of creative, um, and arts, mm. and culture, and music, and if you try to expand, you actually see that there are a lot of um, vertical silo groups. Yeah, mm. But I I also have learned that for any successful industry to to happen. Uh, we cannot ignore that there are different sectors, but mm. how we should actually not look at the differences, mm. but look at the similarities, the common the common parts yeah. that we work together. Because yeah. like a film will have music, you have mm. art, you have um, you have all sorts of I mean, actors, mm. you know, yeah. performers. You have mm. all sorts of um, vertical sectors coming in mm. to make mm. one film, and. I think the arts community, or if I would say the the creative community, mm. is uh, has been growing, mm. but it has been growing without a very concerted um, goal mm. of wanting to achieve something beyond the Singapore shores, mm-hmm. which mm, is yes. then in turn 
um, the crux of our, our problem today mm. because we hardly see uh, many of our works being exported or mm. consumed mm. by outside of the country. Yeah. Mm. So all these things, when you put everything together, then I realized actually we cannot see this as separate entities. We can't say because um, it's the National Arts Council mm. that that is your thing and mm. then um, other people maybe belong to IMDA. Mm. But then... Yeah. In the course of conversations with, with, with members in the group, I realized mm. that um, what I was first and foremost, a photographer, mm. actually do not fall into. Any of <laughs> yeah. So in, in the group, I actually yeah. said that it's important for us to first identify our parent, in a sense, yeah. the parent, because that's the start of the problem, right? Mm. So yeah. if we cannot identify our parent, we cannot ask, our, uh, ask for help. Mm. So photographers being a very curious group that we think they think that they belong to IMDA mm. and then but the thing is when I got my study about my bursary yeah. from NAC to study uh, photography in the UK it was the NAC mm. so that got me to think oh actually there's a differentiation between um, you as an artist mm. in, your, in your medium versus yeah. you working as a professional maybe I'm a trained photographer mm. but I cannot be a practicing artist mm. so I need to take on maybe commercial work, like maybe portraits or something mm. yeah. but when I do that that work is outside of the jurisdiction of yeah, NAC. Yeah. It's not art, right? Yeah. In that sense, because there's 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 a commercial a trade mm. exchange. But then it doesn't have a parent. Mm. So mm. what happened? Mm. So during this fallout it became very apparent that a lot of, there are a lot of orphans yeah. around. Even music suffer from the same thing. Mm. Yeah. You know? Well do you who do you think music or musicians fall under? I always thought it's NAC actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I yeah. don't know why, but maybe because, you know, NAC um, organized like song competitions, songwriting competitions, yeah. or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So we always associate music to NAC. Yeah. Actually, anything that doesn't fall under IMDA, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's NAC. Yeah, so, so that, that's why I thought that that differentiation is actually not beneficial because yeah. it actually makes official or um, supported collaborations a lot harder. Do you think this is something that is unique to Singapore or actually if let's say we put our eyes on other culture industry like the UK you know, mm. or the US or let's say just our, even our neighbour like Malaysia, right? Mm. Is this something that is also happening in those countries or is actually just a very unique thing in Singapore because we need to, how should I say, we need to put things into pockets. Yeah, or we like box. to categorise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we like to categorise because it's more structure, yeah. you know, more system in that sense. Like, is, what, what do you think? Do you think that that is something that is uniquely us? Um, so, I have, um, I've started my Taiwan branch office for the Flying Kick Asia, which is a production yeah. company oh, that started yeah. as well, um, since one and a half years ago. Mm. So mm. I've been actually, I'm actually living in, in Taiwan in a sense that I spend a lot of time and, and by right, I'm supposed to be there and, and I, I'm supposed to spend 18 days every month in Taiwan and 12 right. here. Mm. And okay. then one of the reasons why I decided to set up a branch in Taiwan was the same reason why I mentioned earlier about our works going out, our talents going out to an industry that's probably more mature. Mm. I, don't, I don't think I want to use the example of mm. UK or the US because mm. they are far, far away advanced mm. industries. right? Mm. But in Taiwan also, growing up, you learn that if you want to be a singer, you you have to go out first. Mm. So a lot of very successful um, singers, yeah. the Singaporean like JJ, yeah. Tanya, and uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Sun, and all that, yeah. they they have to have a break outside of the country yeah, and Taiwan right. is the destination and um, in terms of cultural development um, 
we are quite similar to Taiwan in terms of being the four Asian tigers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'll use that as a reference point. Yeah. So my, my time spent in um, Taiwan taught me that um, the, the, the cultural industry should actually see themselves as part of one. Mm. I want to use the word creative here in Singapore also because um, we have a creative industry push mm. somewhere in 2007, 2008, mm. right about 12, 10, 12 mm. years ago, right? So mm. that was under MCI. Mm. When they started to push a little bit more for the, the, the industry. La. Before, yeah. they, there was really a project. I think we were mm. one of the grand recipients as well. Mm. I think I remember pitching for it for, for cinema and mm. cinema old school and incubator, mm. in, in incubator program that mm. are created for to help more young people make films. Mm. That was really long time ago. I mean, the access is a lot now. But mm. coming back to the question, um, compared to to countries that have actually grown with us, like say Taiwan, mm. we started manufacturing together. You know, mm. we do the whole, and then um, what I call that the uh, IC chips wafer fat. Yeah. That was one of the very big things that we, mm. we, we grew together alongside mm. with um, Korea as well. Yeah, mm. and what we what I've noticed is that they have often worked together be it being government initiated mm. at the top level at ministry level they also have somewhat like stat bots and also um, mm. councils that maybe takes care of film and then mm. music and whatnot but they mm. have very close collaboration because their objective is not about competing locally mm. their objective is actually how do we export yeah. our culture and content yeah. because mm. that becomes um, a, a important GDP mm. a driver yeah. so I I look at that and say, hey, look, there's a massive push now in Taiwan also to start exporting and outreaching mm. to Southeast Asia mm. because that's their new policy called the new Southbound policy, mm. so they want to tap on the Southeast Asian market. Mm. But I look at us then in reverse and say, why are we um, so slow in doing the same, yeah. be it at government level or be it at our own industry level? Mm -hmm. So that led me to find out what was the root cause mm. and and also along the way we find out that a lot of people saying that people are undercutting you know and are not paying the right fees yeah, and when you have and when you have yeah. things like that you add together then you realise actually because we are so busy competing in a very small market mm. that we forget that we should be actually coming together mm. building great products mm. um, and then exporting out to the rest of the world. Mm. Because we do have very unique cultural uh, identity and heritage that yeah. doesn't exist yeah. outside. Maybe you are very similar to Malaysia. Mm. You know, this is um, uh, what like what Alvin Tan um, from the Necessary Stage has said. Mm. That we, because we don't realise we have that, we don't know how to make use of it as a... Um, as, uh, uh, what you call that to use it to our advantage to our, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's not it's become we think that it's our liability that we don't mm. speak like the Americans or mm. the British mm. but we don't realise what we have is actually an asset yeah. that we should capitalise on yeah, sure. that's why by putting the the the, the more softer arts versus, and uh, the arts and the culture side mm. together with the more business centric the media sector and the creative the design and whatnot. Mm putting them together, we could perhaps find a balance between what is truly creative mm. and with uh, with the sensibilities of business because mm. we it's, uh, at the end of the day, it's a business. Mm -hmm. right? mm. So 
do you think the current situation, right? Because um, I mean, un- unfortunate, of course, a lot of the freelancers, um, because being individual unit, we are the one who is being hit the most, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and also probably, uh, I would say maybe the least prepared for situation like this. Mm. So for freelancers that is um, that is least prepared for this whole situation to take place, right? What do you think can be some of the solutions that they can work on together? And how do you think this situation, do you think this current situation will actually help us in a way to unite the, the creative industry together and then grow progressively, you know, when the situation recover? Um, okay, so the first question about... The freelancers, I really feel for the freelancers also because I started as a freelancer and I started mm. actually, I graduated in 2003, which is mm. actually... So you just told us your age. No, actually, <laughs> I'm actually older than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I actually studied engineering first. Oh, okay, so I, you I, take a detour. I quit right. second year and then I went to NS and then when I came out, uh, right. I, I went back to, to design school. Ah. So I was like a... So you are left and right brain, all very active. I, I need to plan out systems and structure. I really enjoy that. And then uh, I also enjoy breaking the structures. <laughs> so it's ironic. <laughs> right? But but for as a freelancer, I think we have everything stacked against us, mm. even in peacetime, because mm. the competition and then against a small marketplace mm. versus um, purchasing power of companies. We used to be mm. regional yeah. marketing and advertising hub where mm. the money used to be big. I think a lot of freelancers today, they are saying, how come the rates are lower than 20 years ago? Yeah, but sure. they don't, it's very hard to explain unless one studies or understands what's macroeconomics. And mm. then they can see the micro because mm. they see chicken rice get expensive. Yeah. Mm. So therefore their wages should be, but they don't realize the circumstance of why the, the regional market has actually shifted to China, mm. Mm. which means content production or, and advertising. The money is in China. Yeah. They do the China version, they do the APEC version. Yeah. Um, so when we are no longer the commercial and advertising hub, the money doesn't exist. We still yeah. need to create things, but then the budget becomes smaller. So it all flows down backwards. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the good thing that we have right now, the, uh, in spite of um, the COVID-19 situation, is our government, I have to give them credit when it's due. Of course. To be yes. fair, there are a lot of immediate things that they want to come up. They have they have actually come up mm. with us grants. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not it's directly beneficial, um, beneficial mm. yet you have to understand that the situation is evolving yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Day yeah. by day. Exactly. Day by yeah. day. Which yeah. is which is even more important for us to to answer our second question. Mm. Coming together, mm. sharing the stories the situations, having conversations, have a bit of self-help. So when people have questions, somebody else help it. So this mm. peer-to-peer support. Yeah. Mm. And then consolidate the information and data to share it with the authorities. Mm. Because the G don't have, they can only do as much as, as much info, based on as much information yeah. as they have. Yeah. And this is, you can say that they are not interfacing, they are not asking you, they are not coming down to ask you, uh, mm. are you okay? But it's mm. not possible when to, you're in such an individual in such yes. a huge mm. scene, right? Yeah, that's mm. right. They can't do G to one. Yeah. But they can yeah. do G to association. G to, G, G to mm. group. G yeah. to group. Which is yeah. why I've, I've been encouraging people to look at which associations they might fall into. Mm. And there are wonderful ones like the, mm. uh, for I talk about the media industry. Mm. So, yeah. Jasmine has created yeah. the um, 
Sam, Sam, Singapore Association for Motion Pictures Professional. And that doesn't look at your individual craft. So everybody can go in and and they say, yeah, but there's no department looking after my craft. Then I will tell them, then go and start that department there. Yeah. <laughs> then you bring in your fellow members so because yeah. it's already registered and set up you just come in and then you just do your own thing yeah. Yeah. we are yeah. I think maybe the problem with us is also because we are not self-starters mm. we, we've mm. wrote learning and if the textbook mm. doesn't say then don't therefore we don't do yeah, it yeah, so, exactly. but this is the problem yeah. that I think that be- is that I have with, mm. with authorities and with mm. structure yeah. that allow me to understand that actually we have to be taking proactive actions for ourselves. Yes. Working with yeah. the government, giving them information, which is why I, I I urge everyone to take the polls that's mm. existing on the site. Mm. So the more people take the polls, the more mm. data we mm. have, the more we can make sense and yeah. share with the government, the yeah. better their schemes can be targeted. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, one right. of the things that we also realise, I mean, if we draw comparisons, right, um, to US and UK, although, you know, they're a bit far away, right, um, and in terms of, I would say, the, the state of growth of freelance economy, they definitely move faster. Yes. But one of the things that, um, you know, I noticed that comes up very strongly from the other side, like what you mentioned, right? They actually will take on the task themselves mm-hmm. yeah. right, to actually help in whatever way that they can yes. to professionalize the industry. Right yes. to make suggestions, so yes. I guess they realize that that is their livelihood. Right, they mm. need to chart out and craft how the industry is going forward. Yes, and most yeah. importantly, right, I also realize that um, I mean, of course, there are more professional associations that look at your craft, which is important because mm. we all want you know to excel and to be better. But I think a lot of the discussion actually centered not just on the craft itself, right? Yeah. It's actually on the business aspect, right? Yes. Or on how you conduct your um livelihood to actually ensure that you can sustain yourself. I think those are the some of the questions and some of the discussion that I thought was kind of missing yeah. right in our local context. Yes. So if that's something that we can um, look at, you know, I think that's a common factor that will bring all creative together. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because everybody needs to survive, right? So yeah. you know you have to know the the business making part of it as well. I mean even if you don't have there will be somebody who can give you suggestions and I th- I guess that's probably one of the things that can bind everyone together. Yeah. You know. And one of the things that we don't have is really data, right? Um I mean we know the number of freelancers, you know, I mean official ones from Ministry yeah. of Manpower, you know, like uh, 330,000 freelancers, yeah. you know, and all this. But we don't have like the figure that back the creative sectors. Yes. Right. How much GDP are we contributing? Yes. Right. If you look at the UK way, right, they actually very clear. Yeah. Right. They can mm-hmm. say, okay, the freelancers actually contribute this much of the, you know, GDP. Yeah. You know, and these are the number it. of values of export from the sectors. I think those are the figure that will be very helpful to a government. Yeah. Right. When they actually assess how much help that they want to give, you know, how much further push that they want to give. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that we should actually look at as well. I mean, of course, not everything now because there's more urgent situation that we need to deal with. But I think progressively as we emerge from COVID-19, these are some of the best practices that I think we should look at yeah. how do we compile it. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right on the on the statistics point. Um, I've, I, did, I have actually did try to search for statistics, official data yeah. from, mm. the, from the ministries and um, the st- we have a statistics body mm. which always asks me from to submit my company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But right. I cannot yeah, yeah, yeah. find anything that's yeah. related because it's either not really consolidated or yeah. maybe the numbers are too depressing, there's no point to show. But <laughs> what, what I've managed to find is a, a piece from the National Arts Council. It's actually mm. also under MCCY. Mm. It's actually the entire um, arts and uh, culture um, 
industry mm. in a snapshot mm. and how they spend the money and and, mm. and things like that. So mm. because we don't have numbers to ID what are our contributions in that sense, yeah. Yeah. like you said, it's very hard to move forward. Mm. So that is one urgent task that needs to be done, mm. whether be it something to do in line, maybe having um, a school mm. NUS yeah. to work with the industry, also yeah. to work with the, in this case, it would be multiple agencies, yeah. IMDA and then maybe mm. NAC to sort of form a, 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 a task force, right? a task force or yeah. to have a sense of, we know this is the amount of people working, not just freelance professionals, but yeah. also companies, mm. small business, and mm. then the employees, and what is the makeup, what's the contribution. Mm. So with that, then we can actually know uh, what sort of impact yeah. directly, and then yeah. we can tailor to it. So yeah. I guess we have a lot of things that we think should be done, but I think there's this still one larger question, right? Um, maybe what do you have in mind uh, all these uh, groups aside, all the fissures aside, all our um, the issues aside, what do you think in your mind is that scenario that we are going for? What is the end goal mm. that everybody should be working towards? Be it the individuals, the small mm. business, big businesses, yeah. to the government. Mm. So I've actually distilled down, if you will, a a game plan. Mm. It's my my version, of course, might not be right or it could be absolutely wrong yeah. Yeah. the four yes, things mean. based on sensing um, mm. all these years it brought me to still to these four points which I've actually shared with um, FSE mm. you Jean yeah. and Brenda and team yeah. um, first thing is um, standards mm. so for any anyone who considers considers him or herself as a professional mm. they must either know or decide or agree mm. with a set of standards for their craft. Yeah. Mm. So if you are yeah. a, you could be a floral arrangement mm. professional. Mm. So certain things you need to learn, you know, you need to have certain accreditations, mm. certifications or training for this subject matter mm. before we can say, okay, I'm open for business. Yeah. And also don't forget that freelancers are not poorer employees without CPF because I mm. think that's the the mindset they have been carrying which is mm. which is not entirely accurate because yeah. they should actually be viewing themselves as service providers yeah. so you are no different from the aircon repairman who's mm. um, yeah. who, who's independent not working for a big company but yeah. he is the professional aircon repairman person who has studied about um, you the know, mechanics of doing air calls, air con, you know, yeah, a training that or car mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so you are a service professional mm. in your craft. So mm. then therefore there's a minimum expectations of what you should yeah. therefore you charge. Yeah. Therefore mm. we know and as as consumers we know, mm. therefore we pay. Mm. And then the plus and minus will be based on special specialities. Mm. So that is mm. number one standards. Mm. So we need to have standards so that we can all move forward. Mm. So we can differentiate between uh, advanced amateurs, hobbies. Who maybe let's just say today we have access to cameras who can do video. Yeah. Yep. Does that mean that anybody with a a camera capable of taking videos is then a videographer? Mm. Surely there's language and. Yeah. So schools exist for this reason. Course, yeah. Short courses exist yeah. for this reason. So standards are very important. Yeah. So that's first part. Second part will be then contracts. Mm. Why contracts? Because with standards, we are then able to to, to determine scope of work mm. and how much everything costs. And mm. the, the contracts allow us to say, okay, 
buyer and seller when we have this contract I agree to provide this service for this amount of money yeah. mm. or I agree to pay this amount of money mm. for this scope of service mm. and these are the terms these yeah. are my payment milestones which is the third thing that, that I come to um, if you do home renovation or you mm. buy certain things you order re- realize that we are used to doing this thing called pay a deposit mm. right yeah. mm. um, companies are more diligent because they can if a client engages us we and we require them to pay a, a, a upfront payment. Yeah. yeah and then there are different yeah. milestones why yeah. simply because we know that when we engage freelancers we have mm. to then pay them after mm. the shoot yep. but the mm. project might be longer because the mm. shoot might end first and then there's post production mm. but we have to pay the freelancers mm. that we engage so we need that upfront mm. to be able to pay them plus the fact that the, f- the full timers and mm. the office needs to be paid for mm. yeah. so these are milestones payments mm. and clearly defined and then finally, the fourth thing will be development. Mm. How can mm. an individual or professional look at their prospect of um, getting more skill sets? Because maybe there is a new. If I'm if I'm if I'm, if I'm a car mechanic, mm. I specialize in say Korean cars. Yeah. Um, maybe there are new models with new functions. Mm. How do I then train myself? Mm. or get training so that I can now work on the newer cars. Mm. Especially if I'm in the business for 10, 15, 20 years, surely the first cars that I'm trained in may no longer be on the road, for mm. example, that I need to learn. So yeah. so having if you put these four things together, yeah. standards, um, contracts, um, payments, um, milestones, mm. and then you have development. Yeah. You, you can see that that pretty much forms a quite a good solid picture of mm. a what a freelance professional mm. or even even companies mm. can use to as a framework for their profession uh, their, their profession or craft mm. 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 yeah so one thing in our last eight years of dealing with freelancers right what is very apparent to us um, I mean I hate to use these words but um, like between successful freelancers mm-hmm. and probably um surviving freelancers mm. right so one of the thing that we see which come very strongly at us for successful freelancers right is we always see a diversifications whether is it in terms of their revenue streams or is it in terms of their skill sets right they will have one very strong dominant skill right mm. so for example a photographer mm. but then at the site they probably have one or two others um, not so visible you know businesses yeah. that's going on Right, um, like maybe uh, you know, they are very good at uh, teaching, right? Mm. So then they actually is an urgent professor of a school, right? Or you know, they have actually uh invested in like provision store, you know, yeah. or a coffee shop, you know. So you know, in terms of the the so so what I'm trying to say is, I think it is the mindset about managing the business because I think a lot of us feels that it's a craft and hence you cannot equate it to money. But for mm. you to survive, you need to think about, you know, making money as well, mm. right? Mm. So do you think that kind of mindset is something that will change, you know, given the current situations? Or you think that, you know, it will still continue yeah, yeah as per normal, even post-COVID-19? This is actually a very interesting thing. Um, I think first and foremost, there, there have been discussions even even uh, at NTUC, FSC level. What they have mentioned also is that first and foremost, if you decide to be a freelance professional, you know you have to know that um, there's a business element of it. Mm, yeah. And not everyone is cut out to run a business. Yeah. So again, I, I go back to 
the fact that freelance professionals are service providers. Mm. They need to run their books and then they need to deal with, um, maybe they even hire other freelancers. So that's, that's employee management in mm. a sense. And maybe they take out an office, maybe in the co-working space, there's also the rental and the administrative stuff they need yeah. to deal with. And I don't yeah. think any, not everyone is actually cut out. Maybe we have passion for a, a subject area, subject mm. matter could be an illustrator. Mm. But if you want to do this as a freelance professional, there's a business aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one, mm. right? And the second thing is also why people diversify is maybe they're not making enough money in that sense. Mm. And then maybe also because they're not professional enough mm. or they do not mm. market themselves so people don't know mm. they exist. Mm. Yeah. It could be two things. So mm. why we are so different from, let's say, more advanced Western freelance professionals mm. is they, in, in America, they are very strong in marketing. Yeah, yeah. Which is now yeah. apparent in the case that we, because of Hollywood, mm. we think American is great. Mm. But now you read the news and how they're dealing with COVID-19. Yeah. Actually, it is not that great after all. <laughs> so um. the perception is also yeah. very important. Like yeah. we know yeah. a lot of startups in, in the US, they take advantage of Kickstarter and, mm. and, in, and Indiegogo, right? Mm. They can do that first video like it's them real. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, what I call a phantom of vapor mm. where product mm. doesn't ex- I could not that be has, delivered. Hasn't, well. Yeah. Yeah. So so marketing mm. is also very important, which yep. is why skills like um, social media, digital marketing mm. is essential. But mm. we don't want to run risk of being able to market very well, but cannot deliver yeah. the product. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of times the freelancers, the younger ones, the inexperienced ones, they tend to over promise mm. and mm. under deliver. Mm advanced, stable and more professional freelancers tend to do the reverse. Mm, mm. They tend to under-promise mm. and they over-deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there is a huge difference in that. Mm. So again, it brings me back to standards. Mm. Having standards mm. right, allows uh, people to trade mm. between buyer and seller at the, mm. at, uh, in the known sphere. Yeah. We're expecting something, we pay for mm. something, we get something. So mm. that is important. Mm. Um, they keep, I hear freelancers talking about payments and contracts yeah. but they have never once stood up and said I am not the same as the rest of you mm. I am mm. actually trained in this area mm. I mean this is going to offend a lot of people when mm. I say this but then mm. there are actors who are who are constantly saying that how come they only paid this amount of money mm. I'm not I'm not agreeing that certain rates are are correct what yeah. I'm saying is yeah. between someone who spent three years in acting school mm. honing their craft paying yeah. their dues really receive training versus someone who maybe found acting is an interesting yeah, hobby, as a hobby. And yeah. then got a chance to work on as an extra and then started to do a bit mm. of a commercial gig. Mm. That that is we can't we can't we can't wait. Yeah. I mean yeah. not it's not to say that people who don't go to school won't have talent. But what I'm mm. saying is then how do we measure a benchmark and standards? Mm, yeah. I would mm. give more weight as a producer for mm. a trained actor. Yeah. Because I know that as a director the trained actor can look at the script and then they can they can give me feedback. Yeah. And they can give me variations. Yeah, and mm. internalize, they can internalize it. Uh, yeah. More. Mm. I don't go so deep into the craft, but then the yeah. reverse will be if you're a hobbyist, you'll be mm. a, a director. So what I do now? Mm. When you go on the set, you're not supposed to ask that question. You're mm. supposed to just go. Just the director it, yeah. have to look at everything. Mm and not direct you on set. Mm. So can you walk from here to here? I mean, yes, mm. the blocking and stuff like that, but then that's where your training comes yeah. in and, mm. and that's where the differentiation. Yeah. So with that, it allows us to all start at a much higher mm. level because mm. mm. that's where we have to compete. Mm. You know, It's not the same as if it's a neighborhood people's association um, 
athletics meet yeah. versus yeah. a national Sorry, a national or even Olympics meet. Right? Yeah, or even yeah. games. So yeah. there must be difference. So given the current situation, we could also say that it is a chance or opportunity for the industry to actually reset ourselves, yes. right? And then coming together and see how we can progress as a as a community like, much better after yeah. this. So what are some of the changes you wish to see, right? Post COVID nineteen. Um, I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't think it's just me who wants to see. I mm. feel that a lot of people now wants to see mm. change, mm. in a in a in a positive way. Mm. I think that we all recognize that it's really an opportunity for us to reset. Like you yep. mentioned, just like how COVID nineteen has reset. A lot of the social behaviors. And yeah. Ecology is improving, and then uh, yeah. it makes yeah. it makes us think if we are the we virus. Are the <laughs> And then COVID nineteen is the vaccine, <laughs> yeah. if you will, and it's a, not just in a very micro way about our industry, but mm. also how we work as a society, mm. uh, as part of a, a region, mm. as, as a member of the global economy as yeah. well. Mm. We have to relook. And mm. if you notice, a lot of people are uh, a lot of live performances are taking on the streaming method. Yeah. Yep, which is yes. something that I have advocated for because I like to watch theatre mm. and uh, mu- um, classical music performances mm, mm, but I am mm. very fearful because I have a very dry throat mm. I tend to suddenly bring it to cough oh, oh, you're okay, the one who okay. so like I am the one <laughs> <laughs> coughing in the background yeah yeah <laughs> hacking away you know and so because of that right uh, in, uh, in a few occasions <laughs> I had been really afraid to attend <laughs> to so I don't want to be the one that gets like <laughs> like the stare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but having said that, um, I also realize that arts consumption is not organic; it's quite low. Without mm-hmm. the without the tote board fund, a lot of students will not have a chance, yeah. or the parents will not bring. It's not organic. It's not yeah. like we are. Hey, okay, growing up, like we're growing yeah, we up. Go. Hey, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's go and watch a play today. Yeah. Their parents yeah, with yeah. the yeah. teenagers. It's not yeah. something we say, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but then, that. how then do we expose? Um, the younger generation to different arts and crafts mm. you know and how uh, ultimately as a performer you want as many people to see your performance as possible yeah yes the recording mm. which is abundant and cheap mm. now due to the democratization of video mm. yep. and then streaming yeah. has allowed us to then relook at how we can have the arts reach yeah. Mm. Uh, more people. Mm. We're not saying I'm not I'm not saying that it is a replacement. What mm. I'm saying is you let them those people who never thought about it to have a chance. Yeah. Then subsequently they will make it a conscious decision. Yeah, let's go and watch a live one. Mm. Yeah. So post COVID mm. that could improve. So mm. current COVID, these are the things that we can attempt. Even like mm. the Met Opera. Mm. Everybody knows the Met Opera and I just started watching because they just started streaming this week. Right. Ooh. Carmen is uh, every twenty four hours they they stream one in the archive and it's shot very very wow. well the okay. camera goes in behind you go to the to the musician's pit mm. and you go into the actor and then you, go, you get close up because as the difference between you seeing it live yeah. in a one chair a, yeah. yeah it's a very different experience now you can, see now you can go close and yeah. and then suddenly you get more intimate with yeah. it. and it's a good way to expose people so um um, arts groups and um, and cultural and creative people can mm. work together in a sense yeah. mm. to create new experiences mm. um, for, for post-COVID. I mean, right. besides the, the, the nuts and bolts of industry coming together to yeah. form an alliance or association, yeah. we, we have to look at new ways of bringing 
creative experiences mm. to the people. So yeah. so mm. hopefully that is something that will stick. Mm. Um, and besides the the professionalization of mm. of the in, a, entire industry, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what you also mentioned just now is also on the marketing part, right? Yeah. So this mm. might be something that you know the freelancers can actually look at now. How do they make use of the government skill future credits, right? Mm. Um, maybe pick up some course, understand yeah. a little bit more about marketing, social yeah. media. I think yeah. that you know will be yeah. useful, right? After yeah. this this whole current situation settled. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, especially if you're forty years old like me. No, I'm not forty. I'm forty two. <laughs> uh, post forty, you get additional five hundred dollars. Yeah. So you have five hundred. <laughs> I haven't used the first five hundred because. At the point of time, there are not many courses. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. I have a problem with learning. Like, okay. I also understand that it's very hard for people who are more inherently right brain mm. to take on courses that are designed for um, non-visual learners. I'm a very mm. visual mm. learner. Yeah. And I, mm. and the way I learn is, is how I read books. Yeah. I cannot do it one book at a time. You must scatter it. Yeah, yeah. So, when I was young, when, right? when I was young, my mom said, I'm cannot focus. Oh, I, okay. I have attention deficit. Yeah. It is Which true. A lot of kids has now. Attention span is very short. Yeah, that's because kids. I found out later in life yeah. that my my brain requires me to make sense of what I'm reading by mm. going okay. to another subject matter. Okay. So I can speed read very fast books mm, yeah. in different subject matter. Yeah. Oh. And and make sense. I need. I have. I'm the. I'm the sort that I need to make sense for myself. So mm, if you yeah. give me mm. a training program, mm. that's rigid and a set of exam questions, mm. I cannot deal with it. Which is why I think, now I know why I suffer from traditional learning methods. Mm, yeah. Which is now mm. something that's studied. Yeah. Mm. So, that could also be the way that we look at um, certain courses to be now created mm. and to be marketed under skills future. Because, but I understand they have a very strict... Um, what is that? What's Guidelines. That? Yeah, what is the yeah. framework called? Uh, yeah. uh, skill, um, yeah, there's a the, WSG, yeah. Yeah, WSQ framework or something. Sometimes it's difficult to structure a, a, a creative course under the framework. Yeah. It's mm, hard yeah. to learn a certain course with uh, a framework if yes, you are not yeah. a traditional MOE style mm, road learning yeah. learner. Mm. So, two things that I think can be done for to to make use of these grants, not just mm. that, also the CDS from NAC, mm. $600. Mm. Um, also UTEP from NTUC $250 yeah, dollars. so yeah. if you actually mm. can stack all these things together mm. you can go quite a long way yeah. so now the issue is how to deal with the courses because a lot of people in the group say that they mm. find it very hard to pick the correct courses mm. so, so a curation for the sector mm. could, be useful. could be useful so yeah. someone could put together a curation list of okay if you are an artist these mm. are good skill sets to add on yeah. to what you like yeah, yeah. Instead of doing the reverse to mm. find marketing costs, then yeah, and then you yeah. see which one, yeah, because it's hard to navigate. Yes, yes. This is the same as I think why polys have open house, mm. and then you go there, you experience the the, the what the students do and the school, mm. and the, they find a school or a course that's suitable for you. Yeah. We need that sort of so like there are maybe for NTUC freelancer fair they could consider doing that to help curate for, for specific yeah. sector. Yeah. Mm. You know, and then recommend and sell courses or mm. create new courses together with the industry for the same sector. Mm. Which is why professional trade associations are important because if a group of car mechanics, sorry, I just use this for yeah. easy to understand, yeah, yeah, come together, course. they can decide what and how they can structure training. Mm. 
more efficiently than what uh, a government body can do. Because mm. they can come out a high-level concept of why we need frameworks mm. and learning stuff. But when it comes to the vertical requirements of that particular group of people, mm. only they know best. Mm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Right. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much for all the sharing. Thank um, you. <laughs> so, I, I think, um, I mean, we are quite hopeful, right, about what comes out. So, I think uh, for the freelancers out there, please just hang on, right? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we will be able to see the light of the tunnel yeah. very soon, right? Um, so, but we have one last question for Nicholas yeah. before we let him go. <laughs> yeah, this, want to ask yeah this is something that we ask um, every guest who comes onto our yeah. show. Okay, so if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self when you're just starting out your career, what would that be? Mm. Uh, if I could give my younger self advice, yeah. Um, I would say that it's very important to follow your gut feel and instinct. Mm. Um, and there will be a lot of challenges along the way. But if it's not difficult, it's probably not worth doing it in the first place. Mm. Yeah. So stick with your gut. Plow through the hardships and mm. uh, you will be rewarded. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, resilience. Yeah, it must be <laughs> resilience. <laughs> I think I think it also gives um, it, it's it's sort of ending on a good note and sort of summarizes everything that we've we've talked about mm. as well. That um, it it might be difficult, especially especially difficult right now mm. for a lot of people. Mm. Um, but um, it's good that we are learning how to come together as a yeah. community you know mm. and as a as a country as well and I think globally everybody is just learning how to come to people as people mm. um, but and, and there are so many possibilities out there as long as we we stick to it and keep finding new ways to do what we do best yeah, yeah. so thank you so much Nicholas for sharing your thank thoughts you. Thank, thank you thank you for having me on the show thank you, thank you. Yeah. so if you enjoy our show do let us know by clicking the like button or leave us a comment below and don't forget to subscribe or hit the bell button to get notifications whenever we have a new video out as well. And join our Creative Edwards community as well as look out for Nicholas, uh, SG COVID-19 Creative Culture Freelancers Professionals. No, support, <laughs> support group. group. Yeah, it's here. It's here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the description. Yeah. Okay. Until then, bye. 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 bye.